Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And here we are, back to She Loves the Grid. I am Claire. I'm Diane. Welcome to another week. Boy, that week went quick. <laughs> it kind of went quick, quick, but during the week, I swear it was the slowest work week ever. Yes. Oh, work week. Yes. I was working 10 hours a day. You usually work more than that. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I was exhausted by Friday afternoon. Uh, by Wednesday, I was like, is it Friday? I was, and you hear that all the time. But this was the epitome of is it Friday yet every day. Every day. I was like, I, I don't even know. And I feel like I didn't get anything done. Yeah. That sucks. That's the worst feeling when you just feel like you're spinning your wheels. I hate that. I got a lot of stuff done, but I still have a whole lot to do. It's, I think it's same. the new norm. Same. Yeah, same. So how was your week otherwise? It, I mean, it was mostly work. And then I just collapsed on the couch every day. <laughs> Read my book, watched TV. Um, you know, I hate to, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot else going on. Didn't really leave the house um, at all just because I was exhausted. But it, in the desert here, it is warming up. So we've been super, super lucky this year it's the end of june you know we, it, it's it's been a lot cooler but starting like today through the next um at least week we're probably the lowest will be like 107 we're looking at 112s 113s all that good stuff so not your looking we're talking the 30s mid to high 30s celsius yeah. yeah it's getting hot it's gonna be hot. So I do want to pop out to the farmer's market early this morning because I think my favorite vendor um, for vegetables and whatnot is this is their last their last Sunday because um, it's too hot. They, <laughs> they aren't going to be coming out anymore. So there you have it. How was your week? It was good. Yeah, it, it, it got hot enough here one day. Not hot, but humid because we got some rain and then we mm -hmm. got like humid the first time I've, I've experienced real humid days here yeah and i turned my little fan on my desk which i have here because it's humid enough today that i you know i had to close the windows to do the podcast i'm like oh i'm gonna sweat um it's like <laughs> yeah we're 50 between 50 and 60 percent humidity which is Ooh. i'm used to more humidity where i've moved here from but for here that that's pretty humid but um I mean, it's good because then the grass grows because there's not like sprinkler systems like out in the parks and stuff where I'm yeah. at. But yeah, yeah. So it's it humid, but I did get out of the house a bunch because we get down to the final steps of my visa. Yay! And I had to go and get like paperwork to prove I'm going to be insured and all that, which, you know, to get it, I had to go into the office a couple of times this week. So getting close, getting really close. So I, I had to travel out, which I'm just so excited because my dog, which I haven't talked about her too much here, but my dog who was started as a suburban, you know, COVID dogs, we got her as a puppy during COVID. Yeah. She's adapted to the train so well. She was just a perfect little train dog riding the train. And, oh, you know, awesome. other than she wants to go up and kiss everybody on the train. We're <laughs> 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 like, oh, <I'm> <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's amazing. Nice. Cause we took her on the train when we were there a couple of times. And that was like, one of one of her first few train rides and yeah. she does really really well so i can imagine a few weeks later airport, 45 minute train ride practically you know she or there and back over an hour she did great yeah she's yeah she's doing really good right the train and we did do the train and the tram friday and she's like she knows she gets to the stairs and she's tugging like let's go you know and that's like, awesome and you've been taking her to my favorite brunch spot near you Yes, we went to Oof again. They featured her on their Instagram when I showed them. It's so oh. cute. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, I took a cute picture of her this morning. She goes, oh, I'm like, I tagged you guys. She goes, oh, I'm resharing that. They reshared it on their story. Oh, that's so sweet. It is such a good place, and it makes me jealous every time you post that you're there. <laughs> like, darn it. But if you have every Saturday thing or Saturday splurge, we go to Oof for breakfast or brunch. Depends on what time we get up. I love it. That's amazing. And you you have tackled a big project this week or towards the end of this week, you started a big project. Yeah. So I got to go starting into this week. So Friday was International Women in Engineering Day. And uh, I totally forgot it was. So this, I get on LinkedIn every day. I'm recruiting for someone on my team at work. So I'm on LinkedIn a lot right now. And 
for interviews and such. And all these pop things are popped up for STEM and IEEE, which is the International Engineering. I forget what all the E stand for, um, but lots of engineering stuff, right? Because uh, that's what I do. And um, and I was really excited to see what's going on with you know the teams and what they're doing. You know, I know you heard the the, the Red Bull podcast and what they did. Um, yeah. But it got me really into like ugh, I gotta do more with my my Lego bricks. And as everyone knows, I have um, thousands. I think the current count is at least sixty two thousand bricks, but probably more because I don't have all my sets and then the random bags that I bought. So I will know yeah. in the next couple of weeks how many I actually have. Um, so I started the sort process. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm through the first the first pass because I take a few passes of the first three boxes of I probably have like twenty five of these plastic boxes that are just packed with bricks. So yeah, amazing. I was I I think I told somebody you had ten thousand of them, but you have like sixty two thousand over sixty two thousand bricks because I have forty one sets and the forty one sets that I've got in this this website that you can log your sets says within those 41 sets, I have 62,000 bricks. That's amazing. But I know I have more than that because I don't have all my sets logged. And then I've a couple of times went to like yard sales and bought just boxes of bricks. Yeah. Um, now in the sort, I found because of those that I bought some not Lego bricks. So I'm a truest. I want just Lego bricks. And uh, so I'm sorting those out in Germany, which is really cool here. When you have stuff you want to give away, what a lot of people do is they'll just put it on a box right outside their door oh. and people know that's free. So whether it be like bottles you want to recycle and you don't want to go turn them in. And so that like homeless people can come pick them up and take them or recycle for money or like kids, there's a huge park across the street, right? There's lots of kids that gone by. So I'm going to take all the non Lego bricks that I don't want and I'm going to put them in a box and set them outside for I could have for free when I'm, oh when I'm on tour. Can you imagine some kid walking by is going to be like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and right now there's at least 40 in the stack so far that are not actual Lego bricks that I just don't want to keep. So yeah, I'll be Go giving ahead. away. Yeah. I'm that's excited exciting. about it. Yeah. No, that's really awesome. That's a big undertaking. So <laughs> Well, I want to start to build and I want to rebuild all my sets and, and all that for my Instagram that I have for my bricks. And I and it, I can't do it if I can't find them. And then I want to make, they're called mocks, you know, make your own creation. I want to make my own stuff. But I can't do it if I can't find the bricks. So, yeah. Then, you know, I'm, I'm a little OCD. So now I can get them in a really OCD format. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> just a little, just a little bit. That is amazing. Good. We can't wait to hear more about it next week. <laughs> like it's, I, it's think I might be able to, you know, maybe design another F1 car more than, than the one I've already made. So that'd, that'd be, be so cool. cool. I know. I still have that McLaren sitting a quarter of the way done in my garage. I, we need well, to I think I can take the McLaren colors off and rebuild it as an Aston Martin. Oh, right. Ooh. That's what I want to do is like it's McLaren, but I could take the same design and turn it into an Aston Martin. Now I, I'm intrigued. If you do that, you've got to take like little progress pictures so you can share them with us because yeah. how cool would that be? Oh yeah. my gosh. All right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so anyway, so tell us more about this. You, you listened on the Untalking Bull. I, I, I missed that. About the I didn't actually listen to it. So Friday for the same as you was super busy work day for me. And usually Fridays are not, but um, so I kind of feel like in general, I miss posting a lot of stuff that I was hoping to post. But um, so like you said, Friday was International Women in Engineering Day and all of the teams were doing stuff. So, you know, Aston Martin, um, Williams, they all were highlighting the women in engineering on their teams. And um, Red Bull, I don't know if it's a podcast or it's a vlog. I think that's what you call them, like a vlog on YouTube. I know they have a YouTube page. But they did a thing where they spoke with three women from very different parts of their team. So I do want to go back and watch that, which I'll probably do today. Um, but I also saw that there were quite a few, I think at least a couple teams, and Red Bull for sure was one of them, where they had um, brought in women and girls that, you know, to get them interested in, in engineering. And they had conversations like Q&As um, and talking, you know, things with 
some of the engineers on their team. So I really, again, love what the teams are doing to promote women in the sport or get them interested in it from a young age. Like that was never something for me that anybody ever talked about when I was young, <laughs> you know, like it just, it just wasn't a career path. So I, I just love that the teams are really um, doing this. And especially, I mean, a lot of them promote this, not just on international women yeah. in engineering day. They're, they're talking about it a lot. And we know people like Hannah, who's in um, strategist on Red Bull. And there's so many um, people that we're becoming more and more familiar with because the teams are, are talking about them throughout the year, not just on a specific day. So I think that's cool. Cool. That's very yeah. cool. Especially for what we're doing. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of Red Bull, it's been a lot of buzz. I know you've got this down about like Danny Rick and all this. There's so many, so many speculations just in fan sites in general. But when you yes. see the news, state, the sports stations talk about it, that's when you're yeah. like, is there really some meat to it? Like that's I know. It's it's so hard to, to tell. And like we're going to be coming up to silly season. So you never really know like what are people just hyping and maybe hoping for, starting little rumors about. So you never know, but ESPN did, um, oh gosh, I want to say it was like Monday, maybe Tuesday, said that their sources are saying that Danny Rick is open to taking a seat at Alpha Towery next year. And to me, I was kind of like, okay, is this just more puzzle pieces falling into place, right? Like, so we talked about, you know, several weeks ago, was it after Miami um, or maybe before Miami? Nick DeVries supposedly was given an ultimatum that he had through the Barcelona race to start showing improvement or he was going to lose his seat. Um, we heard that Danny was supposedly at AlphaTauri headquarters getting a seat fitting. Um, and yeah, so now we've got this where Danny Rick is like, oh, I'd be open to that. And we know, because we talked about this, I think it was last week, that there are very few seats available. Might have been two weeks ago on our podcast, but there's very few seats available next year. Now, that doesn't mean that a driver or a team can cut somebody's contract early. It happened with Danny last year. Um, and so they could easily tear up that contract probably and be like, we'll still pay you out. So something weird like that could happen, but there's very few seats available. And I think maybe we can all agree that Nick's seat might be one that could be up for grabs. So. Well, it's this interesting. Sources. Well, Danny just recently doing this, this broadcasting with ESPN, he's around ESPN a lot, you know? So what are the sources of recording that for people not watching? Like, true. Yeah. And it keeps him within the Red Bull family. So yeah. right now, you know, we've got Checo and Max are the two drivers, although there is a lot of speculation about Checo um, and he might be losing his seat. So I just try to ignore a lot of that stuff. We're, we don't always, I don't post about that generally online, except I did about Danny Rick, just because it's like, you know, our people thing, but it does keep him in the Red Bull family, which I think they really want to do. And I'm guessing, you know, I, I think he was good at Renault, but after his, you know, situation with McLaren, I think if I, if I were Daniel, I would want to stay with Red Bull. You know, I would want to stay in that, that family where I think they're going to be looking out for me now. And he is such an asset to that team. So I don't know. We will see, but Here's another reason he might want to stay with the Red Bull team is they now have the same amount of constructor points as Mercedes and Aston Martin combined. Which is so, so interesting. Right? So I feel like they're running away with the constructor <laughs> championship this year. Um, and Mercedes and Aston Martin are second and third in the constructor standing. And combining their points, Red Bull still has the same or more. That is insane like to me i saw that i was like what are you kidding me how it plays out the checo keeps continuing to struggle and, and doesn't po make podium and you see how mercedes and aston martin are starting to be a lot more consistent if that continues if that dominance yeah. as you know that high of a point i mean it's one thing for x continue to keep getting first but if 
Mercedes and Aston Martin continue mathematically, they're not going to be able to keep that much of a gap but at the That's construction true. level. I mean, Max yeah. maybe, but the structure level, they won't well, be able to I keep almost it. feel like if Checo continues to struggle and Max does great, and same at Aston Martin, you know, Lance, I don't want to say struggle because, like, Checo is getting up into the points. Like, he, he might be starting low and doing horrible and qualifying, but he's getting up, you know, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there. Um, and Lance is kind of the same, right? So you've got Fernando always on the podium and Lance kind of maybe not doing great in qualifying, but getting on, getting into the point somewhere. So I feel like they're a wash. I feel like you really have to watch out for Mercedes because if you, yes, if you consistently have George and Lewis high up in the points, which unfortunately with George, you know, last week, um, he did it. But if, if you are, if you have them on the podium or you have, them finishing high in the points, that's who you right now need to watch out for. Exactly. They don't even have to be on podium. If they can send you to get like fourth and fifth over and over and over, just that much will keep yep. them constructor-wise higher up. I love yeah. to play third and four, second and four, yeah. second and third. Like, I mean, they had that double podium before, right? So I think we need to watch out for them. Like, holy Come on, They're my other team, Mercedes and Aston Martin, the two green yes. teams. That's true. And they're, and they're the German, you know, the German cars. So, you know, I like it. I like it. Well, Toto said they are bringing um, more, well, a larger upgrade to Silverstone in a few weeks. And then they're going to have another upgrade before the summer break. So I thought that like they, we talked, we've talked about this, we talked about this, but they just keep progressing and they're pushing it forward, pushing it forward, pushing it forward as fast as they can. Um, Toto said like they're learning a lot about the car with the upgrades that they have. They did not think they were going to perform well in Canada. And obviously Lewis was on the podium. Um, sadly, like we said, uh, George kind of crashed out. But um, if that was they were thinking they're not going to do well, like and <laughs> they're on the podium. Holy moly. I'm very curious what's going to happen with the rest of the the season, especially as they keep bringing more and more upgrades. It's going to be, they are really pushing it. Absolutely. It's going to be really interesting for sure. Yeah, that is, I'm excited. I I, I can't stand it when we don't have a, a race on Sunday. <laughs> I'm up early anyways. Like, can we just have a race, please? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, all I had to do was play video games during it. <laughs> I don't play video games. Uh, I did finish my book, though, yesterday, so yay for me. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, they have Aston Martin. I hope, I mean, I hope they, they I didn't hear them talking about much on um, upgrades, but I mean, the car, you know, they said that they thought it had issues, and if it doesn't have issues, but if Mercedes is continued upgrade, Aston Martin's going to have to watch their car. I mean, it's a good car, but they can't keep having issues, and then they may have to look at doing some upgrades. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping whatever that fuel issue or what I can't even remember what it was last week for Fernando, but fuel, fuel and yeah. brake. Okay, fuel and brake. Um, I'm sure they're looking at that big time, but I think they. I mean, they had that big upgrade last week in Canada, so we'll see how it looks in Austria. And I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard if they're doing another upgrade before the break or not. We'll have to see what happens there. But we kind of talked a little bit about just like the difference between like where Fernando is with the car and where Lance is with the car. And I kind of think that this is another story that's kind of been out there is, you know, should Lance have a seat in F1? Should Papa Stroll give you know, lands a seat to somebody else because he's not performing like Fernando is. Just like right now, Checo's not performing like Max is. Although Checo started off the season amazing. So we know he could be up there. And Lance started, you know, he had the broken wrists. And so I can imagine that he's still, maybe not at this point, still working on therapy for his wrist. But, you know, I just, I think that, do we think that Lance should be giving up his seat for somebody else? 
Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be there just because his dad owns the team and his dad needs to, his, his, his dad's got to weigh the, like the money and the business over the family loyalty. Like it's, yeah. it's great if his kid is talented, but is he talented enough to have that seat over a stronger driver who can give them the points and the constructors championship, which would get him more money and, you know, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like he's yes. got to balance that out. That is part of it is like Lance is talented. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Lance can be, you know, should be, maybe should be an F1. Um, but is he getting as much out of the car as Fernando is? Or is it just Fernando's? Maybe he is. And Fernando, it's just his experience that is pushing that car farther. But if you look at Fernando this season, how many races have we done? Nine, nine rounds, or was that ten in Canada? I can't remember. Anyways, so Fernando has six podiums with 117 points. Lance has 37 points, no podiums, and his top finish was a P4. So that is kind of a big difference, you know. Like Zimola was canceled. Okay, but I think yes. Eight, so eight actual races, it was round nine. Okay, so, but that's big. Like, you have one of your guys' six podiums, and your other guy, zero, 117 points, 37 points. Like, I mean, that's huge. But Alonzo definitely has Lance's back. So he's, oh, yeah. he's saying, like, and, and I don't think anybody would dispute this, but, you know, that Lance is very motivated. He's very committed. Um, all of that stuff. And so Alonzo was saying, you know, the next important step for Lance is just being consistent every weekend. And he thinks because of his commitment, because of his motivation, um, that, and, and also like what Aston Martin is doing with the cars, that that is going to come, that Lance will be, will be getting there. So, but of course, like with all this talk about this week, and I, I saw it in a lot of different areas is, you know, should Lance have a seat? Should somebody else come? You go back to the speculation that Charles is wanting out of Ferrari and he started following Aston Martin last week or two weeks ago or whatever that was. Yeah. So it all just kind of, I mean, gosh, you can go down many rabbit holes with these, you know. I just did the math. Uh, Fernando's scoring three times as many points. Ooh, yowza. That's for race on average. That's kind of a lot. But I wonder, like, okay, so we talked about Max and Checo. How many other teams are, like, where do you have kind of maybe that disparity? I mean, obviously, like, AlphaTauri, who we'll talk about here in a second. Um, Yuki's obviously the only person who's scored points for AlphaTauri, but I think they only have, like, two points. Um, who else? Like, are there any other teams off the top of your head? Like, I feel like Charles and Carlos, like Carlos is doing a little bit better, but they're kind of the same Max and Lewis or, you know, they're both doing what they need to do. Like, are there any other teams off the top of your head where there's kind of that large disparity? Like, um, well, I'm looking at the, the standings and you get, um, I have to look at the points, but no, cause I mean, even between between uh, Sergio and uh, Max, you've got 195, 126. It's only one and a half points. He's only one and a half times ahead of Sergio. Okay. So that's not even that that big of a difference. Lewis to George, one, two, three, five, one and a half. Okay. Carlos to Charles, probably not even that. Although one point two five. Okay. Um, so that could be the biggest dis difference in teams uh, or teammates. Is almost Esteban. two uh, between uh, Esteban and Pierre, twenty-nine to fifteen. Oh, okay. So it's one point nine three. So twenty-nine points for Esteban and fifteen for Pierre. And then 12 to 7 for Lando and, and Alex. So that's 1.7. Lando and Alex aren't on the same team, though. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I'm looking at the, <laughs> the two Mercedes got me. That's my bad. 
So Lando is 12 and McLaren is five. And so that's an Oscar, yeah. So. Yeah. And I kind of feel like the ones with the rookies I almost don't even count those because like yeah, they haven't been happen. in any of these courses. That's, but it's still, still still a smaller discrepancy. It's two two point five. It's still a smaller smaller difference, right? Interesting. 2. Okay. 5. So we're gonna have to keep an eye on this because that the only one that, the only one that's drastically different would be Al, uh, Albon and Sargent, which is seven points to zero. Yeah, and then you have um, Alphatari. Uh, you've got two points to zero between Yuki and Nick, and then Haas is six to two, which is three. It's still a smaller yeah. difference. Interesting. Um, and Oscar is we just said that one. Yeah. So yeah, but if you look at that's the difference between Fernando. 117 divided by 37. That's three point is 3.16. Three and a half, three times as many points on average per race. Wow. Okay. That is interesting. <laughs> that is really interesting. Did Lance retire any of those? I think was there one race that he retired? And we don't have to go down like, but I now I'm just kind of more fascinated that there is this big of a difference between those two drivers. It's not like Lance is a rookie. No, I think about it like as if this Esteban, Schrall, and Oscar DNF the first race. Okay. And Charles still is not that far behind, right? Yeah. Um, Alex, Lance, Alex and Lance did not finish the second race. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Charles did not finish the second race. So that Charles that that far by, and he did not finish two races. Yeah. Charles has had a crappy season so far, which is why I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to leave. Like, yeah, if he wanted to leave um, Ferrari. Now, I, I've said this before, but I can't imagine him not in a Ferrari red, but... I mean, that poor guy's soul has been dragged through the mud. It, he's had yeah. a not a great season last year. I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, very bad strategy calls. Um, but this year, my goodness. Well, you don't have to keep Lance going. did not finish Monaco. Lance didn't finish Monaco? Did not finish Monaco. Okay. So he did have a couple DNFs, which One. may or may not have. Oh, I thought you said he didn't finish the second race. No, no, that was, uh, sorry. You're right. He didn't finish second one either. So okay. he did not finish two races. Okay. So that's going to obviously play into the points. Um, yeah. I don't remember why we don't have to look at it, but that's interesting. We're going to keep an eye on that for like, yeah. I think once we get to, um, the summer break, then we can like have a whole episode of like, where did we think? Like, remember how at the beginning we talked about yeah. what, what rookies we thought, you know, we were really going to do something and we could talk about the the pairing and who's doing better. Yeah. That will be a whole thing when we get to I'll some of the <laughs> rabbit hole here. Cause that'll yeah. be fun. We'll do some math and do that. That'll be some interesting things. Yeah. You do the math. Cause I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> this is why you're like in the STEM. Okay. Alpha Tauri really quickly. So Nick DeVries, again, we just talked about how he, um, may or may not have been given an ultimatum to show improvement by Barcelona. Well, we've had one race since then. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think he was great in it, but uh, principal Franz Toss came out this week. And I mean, to me, it kind of seemed like he was giving Nick his back, his backing. And we've talked about this before as well, but Franz is the principal who really took Yuki under his wing. So Yuki's, mm -hmm rookie season was like kind of a hot mess all the way around. Like, you know, the attitude, the, you know, he, he wasn't working out. He, it just was, yeah, he really needed somebody to kind of take him under his, his wing. And that's what Franz did. And he gave Yuki that opportunity to grow as a driver and as a person. And now we see where actually this year people are jumping on board with Yuki. They really like him. Um, they, Sorry, my dog is like looking, he's he's tiny and he's trying to look out the window. I'm like, what are you doing? There was a rabbit hopping. Anyways, um, 
so he gave him that opportunity and we've seen that now in Yuki's third year where he is taking this tractor of a car and pulling it into the points. And if he's not in the points, he's like right there. Um, or they're penalizing him ridiculously. So he doesn't get points. So anyways, Fran said it's hard for rookies nowadays to come into F1. They don't know the tracks. And then when you have a, a sprint race, like we did in Baku, where Nick did not know the track, they had one practice and then you're out there for qualifying for the race. Like that definitely to me, seems like it would definitely make it harder. Um, so he said, and I'll quote this part, is that he, uh, Franz told Nick he should stay concentrated. He should stay confident because we all know he can do a good job. And basically that's because, like Franz knows, Nick has won other series. He's won championships. He can do it. So I guess, like, my questions are, like, Nick has been very quiet. <laughs> like, and I know Drive to Survive, you know, he was saying, I'm going to come in, I'm going to be a leader, and I, you know, whatever. And we, you know, who knows how that was edited, could have been edited that way to make him look worse sure. than, than he really is, or more confident than maybe he is. But he's been very quiet this year. And I talked before, like, I hope that this isn't messing with him mentally. Do we think he has a lack of confidence? Do we think that Franz really needed to be pumping him up because there's something happening behind the scene where he's not feeling as confident, which could obviously affect his performance? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe he came into it like thinking after that, you know, that one race last year, like, oh, I got this. And then he just hit this brick wall and it's been like, it's just shaking, you know? We'll yeah. see. I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad he got that support. Well, hopefully, maybe maybe that's the kickstart he needs to turn it around for him. Yeah, I mean, do we think it's hard harder for rookies? I mean, we're you know, last year there was only Joe. Um, he was the only. I think so I mean, like I said, you you get this thing where they've not been on the track. I mean, you, you've got a lot of expectations as a rookie. Anything that you do new, yeah, we know anything. If you, you if you haven't done it, you don't have the muscle memory. It takes a lot of time and, and effort, you know, it's a car you're not used to. It's, and I would imagine your first time in a new car when you change teams, you always have, I bet we back, go back and look at the numbers. Like somebody's new to a car. I mean, Max first, Max's first year, it was not like he was the best driver out there. Right. You know, yeah. he had to it, it, get better. Um, so it, it all comes with time. It all comes with experience. And then you've never been on the track before. You know, you've got all this added pressure and, and all of that. So it's, you know, and and, and people are going to knock it because, oh, you know, we've, we've, we're, you know, female, female presenting, whatever. You don't get it. Just been whatever. No, it, you're, it, we all have pressures. We all have this stuff that comes on on us. And it's a very high stress sport. It's there's a lot of pressures and, you know, yep. it's going to happen. It's going to happen yeah. where it's going to be tough to get out there and perform to the max and you can't expect that from day one it's just not I, gonna happen i agree so then let me ask you this do you think that a rookie should have a contract that lasts more than a year should you give them like knowing okay you're you're new into f1 we're gonna give you a two-year contract and and give them that time to know that they can not ease into it because you you do have to get in and 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 do your best and learn these courses and, you know, get in the simulator, but do you give them that time automatically? Or I think is it it's kind of stipulations. I think there's still going to be some kind of stipulations. You can't get out there for your first year and, and, and half, half asset, right? They can't yeah. be in there and be like, Oh, I've got two years to prove myself. They've got to show progression. They've got to show that they're working, you know, have like, make it like with any job, you've got to show that, you're working and trying to achieve some kind of results and whatnot and yeah. in each in each outing. I mean, but like as we've seen, and when I first started getting into the sport, you know, like some of the first things in one of those first episodes of the the show, like poor Danny Rick he got out there and the car kept failing on him. Like you can't yeah. you can't go to some a rookie that says, Oh, you've got six races to prove yourself and all six races the car fails. Yeah. Exactly. Right, you know, those yeah. kinds of things. Or you get hit by another car driver. 
you know, so, yeah. so there's certain things that are beyond their control. So um, I think it's gotta be a reasonable expectation and say that, you know, it's not that one and done, but it's like, if in the first year you're not showing, you know, progress and growth, but progress and growth for each one is different. Like we look at Logan and he's in the bottom all the time, but that doesn't mean he's not showing progress and growth based on his situation, the car he's in right, and what he has to work with. Kind and of he's thing. had some unlucky situations too. So yeah, yeah. I totally agree. That car, that car just craps yeah. out on him. What can he do? Right. Exactly. There's not a whole lot. <laughs> not a whole lot in that instance. Well, okay. So talking about, um, I guess news, well, we weren't even talking about this, but anyways, moving on <laughs> to, um, one thing we hadn't really talked about or haven't talked about is Audi taking over Alfa Romeo, um, for 2026. They have been kind of quiet about what they're doing. They are working on setting up the team. Um, but I think, um, Andreas had come out. He's was the principal for McLaren. He's taking over at Audi. And he said, you know, we don't want to be touting all of the changes that we're making. We want to be respectful to Alfa Romeo, you know, through through the end of this. Um, but they are very quietly over there working on stuff. So, uh, like I said, former McLaren um, principal, who I really liked, um, Andreas Seidel, I think, Seidel? I don't know how you say that. Anyways, um, he is setting things up, but they've recently announced that they hired James Key, who was also at McLaren. We talked about how he seemed to be unceremoniously fired by Zach Brown. Um, and he is going to be moving over to Audi in September. So he and obviously um, Andreas have worked together. And even though James Key seems to be key <laughs> in making um, that tractor of a McLaren at the beginning of the season, um, they have confidence in him to, you know, get going on this Audi car. And then yesterday they announced um, a simulator driver. Uh, I think his name is Neil Yanni. He's Swiss. I think I'm saying that right. I could be totally butchering that. Um, so he's driven in uh, GP2. He's driven in Formula E. And he's going to kind of help develop that power unit. So as they're working on these power units, they'll have him in the simulator um, and, and testing things out to see if everything's where they want it to be. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up. It, it's a still a ways off, but they are making little moves and, and quietly making little moves, but. I think it's fascinating how far out it is, but it's not right. We're, it's we're, not. You know, we're already talking about the 2026 season and it's 2023. We still have yeah. two more years, two more full seasons to go, and the rest of this season. Yes. <laughs> 22, 22 races still total. Yeah. We still have when we just finished race technically nine, right? Yeah. So we still we still have more than half of this season to go, two full seasons to go. Yeah. And we're talking about 2026. Yep, exactly. So we shall see. Which my, I think which my kid will live here by then, by the way, because he plans to move here by 2026. So. <laughs> Perfect. Then we can go to a race. Um, no, I think it's interesting. And I think I did not mention this last week, but I, I saw a, or saw, maybe I did talk about this. I don't remember. Um, the uh, Stefano, the, you know, the, whatchamacallit, uh, head of Formula One, um, was talking about, new cars you know how that's kind of been on the periphery of things is do we want to add more cars for 2026 and there's a lot of people that are interested from the andretti's to you know other people and he kind of was like his personal opinion is no we don't add more cars so i think it's going to be kind of interesting again um you're you're technically not adding i mean audi will be on the grid, but they're taking over Alfa Romeo. So it's not like you're adding another team per se. They're talking about adding possibly two more teams and going up to 12, right? So there he said, we'll see what happens. But he's, I mean, he's like, I'd rather see the teams that are, are there be more competitive, you know, like that, that, that they be fighting with each other more than adding more teams who, especially if you're new, may or may not be like, do we need more teams at the bottom? I don't think so. <laughs> like, that's just my, 
my two my two cents i would rather see funding put the funding into the existing teams yeah right exactly so anyways um kind of wanted to throw that out there f1 academy race this weekend so i mean there is racing this weekend we can't see it but there is um <laughs> they're racing in vandevoort vandevoort i think is how you say it um in qualifying so i if we've kind of talked before like they have three different races and the drivers will compete i think in at least two of those maybe three but the alcabasi sisters locked down pole in in qualifying for all three races <laughs> so Hamda, who, who is doing really really awesome she locked down pole in races one and three and then her sister locked it down for um the second race uh and so far today i think claire has a picture um so far we've only had two races so they did one yesterday which uh hamda won so she started at pole she finished first lena bueller finished second and then this morning um carrie schreiner won and this is her first win in um, f1 academy so exciting for her um, marta garcia was second and then lena bueller was third so lena's got two podiums <laughs> in the last two days and we've got one more race later today. So I will post all three winners on our social media. Um, but there you go. So they only, I think, have maybe three more rounds to go. And I want to say they're kind of more towards the end of the season. Like I know they're racing in Austin, which will be October. Um, and I want to say the other two are after that. But I could be wrong. Anyways, we'll, we will continue to keep you posted. But speaking of like... F1 Academy, the women's series, the W series, which I kind of nothing to do with F1. They were their own series um, for women and they were around for a, a few years. And actually last week um, they went into administration, which I think is bankruptcy for Americans is what I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they couldn't land new funding. So Last year, and kind of like towards the middle to the end of their season, they stopped racing. They had no more funding. And I was so disappointed because they were supposed to race in Austin. And they just pulled the plug because they, they didn't have the funding. And they had some some big names, some that you see in F1 Academy, others like Jamie Chadwick. They've, you know, gone on and they're doing kind of an, an indie series, not, you know, the indie series, but a indie series. Um, so they had some big names, um, but they're trying, they, I, apparently they are still trying to find funding. Lewis Hamilton, I believe, um, was a big supporter of that. I think he gave money, but they are hoping to reboot the series, um, which could be interesting because then you would have two different series, the W series and F1 Academy, which has the backing of F1 and all the, well, I, I don't know how much money they're giving to it, but they're really aligned with F1. They will be aligned with F1 for the races. So where would the W series go? They wouldn't probably be racing the same weekends um, as the F1 racers like they had in the past. So it could be, it could be interesting. Um, we will keep an eye on that, but you know, it, it may be really a struggle to reboot the series, especially when you kind of have competition like um, F1 Academy now and, and all the stuff that they're doing and all the, you know, interest that they've received so far. So there's that, <laughs> there's that for you. And I think this week, I don't think we'll even get to our good basics. Uh, I was thinking we could do flags, but we're, we're already at 45 minutes. And I know. So I we'll swim over that. You join us next time there's a break in, in racing and, and we'll have that ready for you. Maybe I just don't want to do the flags. Like that's been on our agenda a few times and we never get to it. We will get to it. We'll get to it one of these days. Okay. Let's jump to beyond the grid. Um, so one thing that we missed talking about last week, um, we know Canada was Lance's home race, but he has donated his, he had a special lid, boots, suit, the whole nine yards. And he's donated all of that to chair or to an auction to raise money to benefit the wildfire victims. So there's been a lot of fires up in Canada this year, a lot of devastation up there. Um, 
And so he has donated all of the pieces to um, raise money. I haven't seen if those have ended, but we will keep an eye out for that. Um, because I think, again, I love that these guys are using their platform and doing what they can to help raise money like Charles did for the Emilia Romana region um, and the flooding victims there. Lance is doing the same for the wildfire victims in Quebec. So I love that. Um, and here is one, speaking of German, um, Mick Schumacher is going to be driving his dad's W02 from 2011 at the Goodwill Festival of Speed, which takes place in Sussex. I like want to watch that and I will probably cry. <laughs> like, how cute is that though? So cool. Right? I just think, oh, I don't know if he, I mean, I'm sure maybe at some point he's driven one of his dad's cars. I honestly don't know if he has or hasn't, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Look it up. I'm not sure either. I'm sure I would think at some point he must have, he must have, but just amazing. I, I love that. I love those kind of stories. I had to, had to share that. And then, um, <sighs> drivers living my life again. Um, <laughs> I think I should have been born an F1 driver, but we had, it's fashion week in Paris and you had Lewis Hamilton and Pierre Gasly. If you're watching our YouTube, you can see some photos of these guys at the show. Um, I'm not really, I don't think I'm loving the, the shorts outfit that Pierre has on. <laughs> But Lewis is always looking fine. And then, matter, I couldn't get the picture of her time, but she, she was being uh, moody. It does match my fake Louis Vuitton uh, knockoff scarf that my dog wears. <laughs> <laughs> we will get a picture of that next time. I think it would have been funny to put her up here with, with these. Just <laughs> it in. <laughs> yeah, just throw it in there. But yeah, Lewis always looking amazing. Um Love it. He was, he was front row. And then Joe, more importantly, Joe is living my life because Dior is the brand that I am obsessed with, have always loved. Um, and I think, I don't know if he's, he must be a brand ambassador for him, for them, because he wears a lot of Dior. Um, if you watch the, like on Monday mornings after the race, I usually do a little uh, fashion reel of all the stuff and Joe's always in there. And he was at the Dior fashion show. So Lucky, lucky guys. One thing you don't have him for we put the other one up there because, of course, you know, I'm obsessed with Fernando. Did you know one of the things he did this week while he was off is he went back to his go-kart race because he's got a circuit um, in a, in a town where he grew up in Spain. It's got like a museum and whatnot, but it's got actually a circuit there and it's got a go-kart. And he's got a picture of him driving one of the go-karts around the circuit. And he's like <gasps> back to karting. And he's oh. actually on the go-kart racing around the track. Oh, my gosh. I would love so to do that. Yeah, um, I know. Can anybody go to his? Yeah. His oh. Yeah. You can go there and, and rent a cart and, and race a great cart around the cart. We should around the do cart. that. We could do that. Okay, See, next year when we go to Europe, well, well, when I go to Europe for a race, you already live there. Um, We should try to figure out how to do that. Yeah, it's on the north side of Spain. But yeah, it's got a whole museum. Like one of his cars is there, his helmets, like all sorts of stuff is there. Oh yeah, there's lots, all sorts of stuff there, like in a museum. But yeah, there's like there's a whole cart, there's a whole like track, and you can we go should. go kart, and you can have events there. We just come for your birthday. We just celebrate your birthday there. That is so fun. Oh my goodness, I would love that. I've only been karting one time, and and I uh, it was terrible. They kept waving the blue flag at me, and at that point, I didn't know what the blue flag meant. And so I kept going, I, I kept yelling at the guy waving the flag. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, stop waving that at me. And he's like, you have to move over. And I'm like, I'm not going to move over. Like they can figure out how to go around me. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I'm not the best uh, at carding, but I think it would be really fun to do. So we should totally do that next year. Yeah, here, I'm just going to impromptu share my screen to show okay. you. Well, everybody can see this. This is, uh, here we go. Here is Fernando. Carting around his. Oh, wait, he's his like, that is awesomeness. That's him. 
I love that. It's so colorful. And his little I, suit matches his cart. I love <laughs> that's awesome. And he's just like back to action. <laughs> okay, we need to look into that. We definitely need to look into that. Okay, here's something else that I, I heard this week, and I hope it's true. Um, so we know that Vegas is gonna be a spectacle, right? Like it's gonna be yeah. they're they're touting it as bigger than the Super Bowl. I mean, I think tickets are probably more expensive than the Super Bowl. So oh, yeah. But I heard that there is going to be a golf tournament between the drivers from F1 or some of them, because not all of them play golf, but a lot of them do quite, a, quite a few of them. And, um, the, some of the professional golfers from the show full swing. So both shows are, were started are run by Liberty media. So they're putting together a little match in the desert. It's supposedly going to be the first live event on Netflix or sporting live sporting event on Netflix. Um, and because, I mean, my kids grew up golfers. They, I just went through uh, a whole stack of golf shirts that my son still has here <laughs> of like, what can I send to you? Um, so for me, like, Holy cow. I would go to Vegas just for this. So if I could figure out how to get tickets for just the golf part, because I'm sure you'll have Carlos out there. I'm sure you'll have Lando out there. I'm sure you will have um, Alex Albon out there, which I would like to see his girlfriend, Lily, who's a golfer on the bag. Like who else? Lewis golfs. Um, I don't know how good he is, but I, he does golf. Charles golfs, but I guess he's not that good. But anyways, like come on. Like, could you imagine, or even, and who knows who they'll have from full swing. Cause they had like some guys who are ranked lower, but then also like Scotty Scheffler and some of those people. So I'm going to be yeah, thinking keep about that. An eye on that. big yeah. time. I will drive there. It's like a five hour drive from here. I'll drive there. I will sleep in my car on the way back. <laughs> I will watch the golf. And it's like, which which golf course are they going to play out there? There's so many good golf courses. Look, everyone there. doesn't understand. Diane wants to go. <laughs> I don't even have to go to the race. I will just come for that. Who knows somebody that could get me there? Seriously, I would geek out big time. I will caddy for somebody. Who needs a caddy? I have caddied for my son many times. I've caddied at Pinehurst. Like, I will come and be your caddy. Just throwing that out there to any F1 drivers who might need a caddy. Just saying. I will come I up. She knows golf. She knows F1. <laughs> it's not like she's not been around sport, you know, famous sports people before. She's very professional. Come on. I'm taunting her up. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Don't impress me much. But <laughs> but this, this would be incredible. Absolutely so much fun. Or maybe I could talk Randy into, into being a caddy. That's my son. He was a golfer. And he's very, very, very good. Anyways, okay. So here's another fun thing for people who have billions of dollars can afford to go to the F1 race in Vegas. But if you have that much money lying around with F1 Authentics, they have the coolest stuff. If you don't follow them on social media or whatever, just follow them for kicks. It's it's kind of amazing. But you can bid on the suit that Max wore in Canada. He, that's the one he won his 41st GP tying him with Art and, Art and Senna. Um, he will sign the suit and he will give it to you at an exclusive meet and greet at the Red Bull factory. So the money is being donated to Wings for Life, which is a spinal cord injury, um, uh, not nonprofit. And um, I'm sure that's going to go pretty high. I kind of want to go out and see what I'm it's just, at, But I'm asking whoever wins, ask him to draw a bird on it with a signature. <laughs> I'm just saying oh, it'll be very be unique and very representative because all the memes going around that the dead bird has more winning laps than Hamilton and all others. And right now, so I'm just saying <laughs> there are more leading laps. It, it just like, it would make I it even that more thing. valuable. It would be more valuable too. If you've got that and he just wants it to put like bird wing, just a little bit, bit, it just, yes. Add to it just a little bit. He has some humor. Show his light side. I would, uh, Max. I'm just saying. I'm, I, I I will grow to like you. Just have a little humor. <laughs> little, little bird wings. Just a little. Bit, bit, bit. I 
think he should do that. That would be hysterical. And I could actually actually see Max doing that. I could see him doing it. It would, look, it would make it a much more memorable suit because it's really representative of what happened at that race. That he yes. drove around with, with the bird in his car and, and you know. Yes. And I saw that meme, which is hysterical. He like the bird is second only to Max, right? In the number of laps leading a race in a GP race this year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is classic. Why is the internet so clever? Like I am never that clever ever. And it just uh, well, you said something clever today, unless you picked up for anyone else. I'm writing it down. We have, when we put some merch out, we got put up there. It's the, the tractor of a car. Like the, the tractor. Oh, <laughs> you've said it a couple times. I'm like, did she yes. put that somewhere? Because that is hysterical. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a. T I think I feel like that's a typical term for bad, bad cars. But I don't think I've seen it on any merch anywhere. So there you go. Oh, okay. All let's right. Talk Austria. 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 So also called the Red Bull Ring. I always want to say wing. Red Bull Ring. Okay. Red Bull Ring. Yeah, it's a hard one. It is in a very beautiful area. Like, it, supposedly you come into that, it's like in a bowl, right? And it's just green all around. It's supposed to be gorgeous. So anyways, it's 71 laps, three DRS zones, there's 10 corners, and we have a sprint weekend. So just to remind you how the sprint weekends work, because for a second I was like, shoot, what do we do now? And so Friday morning, we have the practice. It's your one and only practice for the weekend. Um, but a lot of the drivers have driven here, so it's not going to be like Baku where, you know, it may not be as crazy in the afternoon on Friday, we have qualifying for Sunday's race. So Friday qualifying for Sunday, then on Saturday morning, we have the shootout that's going to set the grid for the afternoon sprint race. So Saturday is really all about the sprint. You've got the shootout in the morning, sprint race in the afternoon. And then on Sunday we have the race. So sprint weekend. Um, it's a shorter circuit. I think it's the fourth shortest circuit on the grid after like Monaco and Mexico and Brazil, not necessarily in that order. Um, but it's 4.318 kilometers. Um, so qualifying can be a little bit tough be just because it's short, it's a short track. So six of the last 10 pole positions at the track have been decided by less than a 10th of a second. So wow. When you think wow. about that, though, and it's a sprint weekend, like this could be a very interesting weekend. Very interesting. If it's that tight and we know that the cars are faster this year and, and they're, you know, there's groups of them that are more competitive. I am really, really, really hoping for a very interesting race. Hoping that we see. I don't want to see people crashing out. I just want to see no. a lot of close, close times. Let's like. So I'm going anyway. to yell and scream at a bunch. I have a feeling. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so the first half of the track is really all about power. There's three straights separated by two uphill, like right-handers. So there's some elevation changes, which I think is kind of cool. And then it's all downhill after that. The second half of the race is just you like. You crack yourself up on that, even in the notes. I did. <laughs> I was like, it's all, all downhill. You know what? I think I'm hysterical. Um, there's a lot of fast corners. Um, there's a right-hander called the Rind right-hander. That's supposed to be kind of fun. Um, yeah, Red Bull fans are going to be plentiful every time, you know, when you see the, the race on TV, it's all orange for Max. And McLaren cracked me up because they're always like, we love to see all the papaya fans out here because, you know, orange is more for Max, not Red Bull. And then they always have those darn like canisters with the orange smoke or, you know, whatever. So we will definitely be seeing a lot of Red Bull uh, and Max Verstappen fans at that, at that ring. So oh, my partner, he got his Red Bull shirt in finally from oh, the did. store. So he might actually oh, wear it. He can wear it. Yeah. Nice. He'll be all set. Well, it's going to be an amazing weekend for sure. I cannot wait tomorrow to be like, it's race week. It's race yeah, week. Yeah, it's what time of the day is it for you? Oh, it is early. Um, hang on. I was looking yesterday. So practice is at 4.30 a.m. with quali at 8 a.m. So I will definitely be up for that. And then um, 
the shootouts at 3.30 in the morning with the sprint at 7.30 and then the races at 6. All the European races are at 6. So I'm usually up early, so I'll be able to catch the, the practice and the shootout before the qualifying and the sprint race. But, but we'll be able to record later that day. Absolutely. They're yeah. All normal times for me because they're all my time zone, basically. Yeah. Yeah, this whole European stint is perfect for you. But I'm, I mean, I'm up by six. It's during my work day on Friday. So on Friday, it's at one, the the practice is at one thirty, and the uh, oh, good. <laughs> the, the five o'clock, five o'clock my time. Is the the quali okay? Yay! The meeting that I have at the time, I'm just gonna have to watch the recording. I was on to book my times off on Fridays. I'm upstairs. Yeah, right. Yeah, I hope I don't. Last Friday, I had a lot of meetings, and I'm hoping this Friday I don't, so I can do some administrative type work while I'm kind of, you know, working. Yeah. I'm gonna. Oh, well, that is it. We did it right in an hour. <laughs> Woo! Yay! Well, Race week coming up. So Yay. exciting. The sprint, sprint race week. Yay. Can't well, wait. Next time we'll be talking about the race. So thanks for coming along on the ride. And we will see you guys in a week. See you then. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.